the Links and Locks podcast. podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets Podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He is Ben Everell from Golf Bet, and we are here to break down this week's Sanderson Farms Championship. Before we get to that, yes, we're going to talk a little Ryder Cup. We're going to get into uh, everything else going on in the world of golf right now. But first, we are going to tell you all about Bet365 because... Guys, links to the locks were presented by Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. It believes that every sport should be epic. Every tournament, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today with code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, and you'll get $365 in bonus bets when you bet just $1. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 or older only must be present in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, or Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, 1-800-GAMBLER. In Colorado, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms and conditions, as always, apply. All right, Benny, before we get to Jackson, Mississippi, the Sanderson Farms, I I like to call it the Rome of the South myself. There's a lot of comparisons you could make between Italy and Jackson, Mississippi, but uh, let's go back before we move forward. What a weekend. Hope you caught up on a little bit of sleep, but uh, a great Ryder cup and congrats to the Europeans. We've got two, two more years of uh, consternation here in the U S where we're trying to figure out what went wrong and how it can go better the next time. Well, what did we say? We said probably the best bet of all time was always bet the home side, especially when they're underdogs. And that was Correct. that turned up to be the one that, yeah. that came true more than anything else. Um, I was worried about Luke Donald putting their strength straight up out of the gate. I'll admit that. And then they came out and went 4-0 in foursomes, uh, just set the tone and dominated from there on out. And uh, look, there's just, I said there's something to be said of uh, they just seem to have a different level of passion for it, for the competition itself and, and for team play. Uh, and I know, look, they got trounced two years ago here, uh, but it just, it just still seems something about when the chips are down or when when things start to get on a roll, they just roll like no one else. And you got you got to tip the hat to Luke Donald. I mean, as a player, he just did nothing but win these things. And now he goes in as a replacement captain, remember, no less. Yep. Came in short shorthanded and managed to, to do the magic and, I don't know how much people watched out there on the coverage and, and whether you had feeds of the UK or, or in the US or wherever you were watching, but little things like if you looked into the European team room that you might have seen, having an actual separate part, a locker room style where it was just for the players um, to sit and gather their thoughts and have their last minute pump up, but also having equally having another area where they um, get set or whatnot, which had each caddy directly next to uh, their said player. So in other words, they brought the entire team in to the whole thing, wires, caddies, everybody else, and had great setup for them. And they still yet had just a little hideaway spot that looked like a soccer or a rugby or a whatever team locker yep. room where they could just come together for final thoughts before heading out to the first tee. It's little things like that for me that make the difference. 
Ben, you and I often talk about analytics on this podcast in relation to gambling on the PGA Tour on a weekly basis. I am not going to put all the credit towards analytics, but a massive amount of it has to do with analytics on the European side. Look, I, I know that both teams had analytics available to them and were looking at numbers and stats throughout the entire process. The European team, of course, is the home side, was able to control the setup of the venue, uh, and they did so to their advantage. The, the numbers I saw was uh, that they thought they had an advantage from 160 yards to 210. Other people think that the number is 180 to 200. Whatever it was, it's more mid to long irons into the greens for the Europeans. They wanted to avoid getting into a wedge contest with the Americans. If you noticed, most of the par fives were reachable in two. The par fives were either very long or drivable. And so they moved the tees either back or forward to suit their games and to counteract the wedge games of the American players. Very, very smart. What that does too, and I know a lot of people say, yeah, but there was a motion, there was momentum. I think what it does is you're telling your players, we think that you're better from specific distances. We are setting you up for success. And I think as a player, when you hear that plan, when you know you're set up for success, all of a sudden your mindset is, hey, I'm going to go play better. This captain, mm -hmm. these assistants, they have set me up to play my best golf. All I have to do is go hit the ball, and that's exactly what happened. And, yes, there was a little bit of an avalanche of momentum there for Team Europe, but uh, this was all set up by preparation and planning. Yeah, and just to tack onto that, mate, I think that they realized, too, a huge part of momentum is obviously getting it and getting it early. And they made sure the first tee was set up to their advantage, the first hole, sorry. And also they played practice matches of three holes all week leading in because yes. they wanted an early lead. They wanted the blue flags on the board, which brings scoreboard pressure for the other ones behind them and changes the, the dynamic of how people feel. Like everyone's human that's playing out there. You can't say that you're immune to it. If you're the seventh guy off in singles and you look up and, and you see five blue flags already, you automatically tense up. You automatically feel like you have to do something more than maybe you should have. It's a huge part, and it's just one of the small details that Luke Donald absolutely coached, uh, or sorry, captained the pants off ZJ this week. Starting with foursomes was such a savvy move, Ben. I don't know how much of the thought process, how deep it went, but I thought all along that players like Ricky Fowler and Brian Harmon on the U.S. side were probably more fit for foursomes than for four balls. So what happens when you start with foursomes, all of a sudden you're bringing some of those back end of the roster players for the U S yeah. onto that team for that session. They're keeping some of their better players away for four balls. You get up in a lead, you get some momentum without their best players being on the golf course yet. Uh, maybe that was just a nice little byproduct to the whole setting it up for foursomes first, but it, it worked perfectly for the European side. So we go from Rome to Jackson, Mississippi site of this week's Sanderson farms championship where one Ryder cupper will be in attendance. Ludwig Ober. We, we've changed his name. He used to be a I thought it's now the Ober is yeah. not only in the field this week, he is far and away the favorite. If that, I, I don't know, literal figurative hangover from the Ryder cup wears off Ludwig certainly the most talented player in the field we'll see he might be a little sleepy this week but uh we will find out soon enough so whether we get to Ludwig or whether we're focusing a little bit further down the board let's get to our plays for the Sanderson Farms Championship as always playing 18 holes 
making 18 bets. Ben Everell, you're on the tee in Jackson, Mississippi. You may now swing away. Thanks, man. I'll just put a quick note there on Obear or whatever we're going to actually call him once we hear it. And I think there's a great uh, video, actually, if you go search for it on the European Ryder Cup socials with the players themselves, the European players being asked to pronounce it and all butchering it before they finally go to <laughs> Obear and him to say it. It's actually quite funny. Do a little search for that. You can have a chuckle. But uh, look, you mentioned him. I'm just going to say from off the top here, I'm not going to have him this week in any of my picks here, only because I have no idea how he's going to come out of uh, being in Rome and being in those parties, which I can tell you from first-hand experience are epic post-rider or President's Cup parties are off the charts. Yep. And they usually take quite a few days to recover from. So at 10 to 1 as a favourite, it's just not my jam. If he comes out and smashes everyone like his talent level suggests he could, good luck to him. But uh, I'm going to stick away from him at least for the first round and see where he sits after those 18 holes. And Ben, I feel the same way. Look, he has the talent to go out and boat race this field, win by six. If he's feeling up to it, if and sometimes it works in your favor where all the physical and mental and emotional energy of last week just kind of drains from your body and you're just like, hey, let's go play golf. You know what? Whatever happens, I won the Ryder Cup last week and he certainly has the talent to go out and win by a lot. I will not play him at this number. Like you said, take at least a wait and see approach to see how he's recovering from everything post Ryder Cup. But uh, yeah, certainly... He's worthy of being the favorite this week. Yeah. My second favorite outright pick of the week, I'm going to go to a man who played really well at the Fortinet Championship, finished fourth there, but he was first in strokes gained tee to green across that week. Uh, this is a little hat tip to the guys who played well in Napa. I think that few of them will in, indeed keep that momentum going. And Eric Cole at about 20 to 1 is my first choice for a, a – look, and I think he's the second favorite. I said we, talk, we talked about Aubert. Uh, maybe not being in the in the mix if he's not quite up to it. So why not go to the next guy? But Eric Cole just seems to be the to me to be a guy who's knocked on the door, knocked on the door, knocked on the door, and one of these fall events is going to fall for him. And why not this week? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Look, he's going to win the Rookie of the Year award when they're finally given out at the end of the fall schedule, and it's very possible that Eric Cole has a PGA Tour victory by the time that award is handed out. I, I'm going to mention him later on. Not. Not all the way later for those people who <laughs> listen on a weekly basis. You know what I mean by that, but I will get into some miracle later on. Uh, but with the second hole, I always like to take a little bit of a long shot here. And I will remind the folks out there that when you're playing somebody outright, there's no consolation prize. Unless you're betting over in Europe, you get an each way bet. It's either win or nothing. And so I don't mind taking a shot on a guy who's got a high ceiling and a very, very low floor. And he actually proved it recently. And I'm going to go with Grayson Murray here, Benny. We talk about talented players. Grayson Murray has been an extremely talented player for a very long time. He's just had a lot of stuff going on. He called it, uh, quote unquote, mental stuff a few weeks ago. Uh, he also got in a scooter accident in Bermuda, had to get stitches on his face and his body uh, just seven months ago. And so he's been through a lot. Nothing is uh, more emblematic, no better microcosm for Grayson Murray's game than three weeks ago, he went and played the Corn Ferry Tour. He won by three with a double bogey on the final hole. That's that's <laughs> Grayson Murray right there. If you want more Grayson Murray the next week, he was four over through four holes and withdrew in the first round. I, look, he is your prototypical life is like a box of chocolates type of professional golfer because you don't know what you're going to get. That said, I'd rather take a chance on him than somebody who doesn't have as high of a ceiling. And so I will play Grayson Murray at 80 to one this week. 
I'm probably not going to play him anywhere besides outright bets because, like I said, the floor is very low, but the ceiling's high. He's a talented player. I like the number. Yeah, and look, when it comes to fall events, we do always, well, most of the time, we do find a few out-of-the-box guys coming through and winning. So I can understand that if you want to. It is a good week potentially to, uh, even though I haven't done this, but go down the board, 80-plus, et cetera, and take a dart throw at someone who thinks got talent. Um, and I do have some guys sort of from that area in different markets. So I'll go straight to, I'll, I'll, I'll jump my card here and go to my long shot just to keep this rolling. But literally I'm going with a 50 to one talent on on just that, on talent. And I mentioned him on here many, many times, but he's a T to green specialist. One of the one of the top players in terms of their season stats, T to green this year that's in this field. And that's our young friend, Akshay Bhatia. Uh, I think at 50 to one, he is a great long shot option here. Again, uh, someone who can easily win uh, this tournament given just his talent level alone. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Akshay is one of these guys that's been uh, priced down a little bit in the marketplace. Like he, even despite being a winner already on the PGA tour, it's just like uh, the, the books just don't either don't think as much of them as we do, or just haven't caught on yet. But uh, Akshay's number is bigger than it probably should be for a guy of his talent level. Okay. I'll get to the fourth hole and I'll get to my top five play here. And Ben, I think this kid is a, Perfect example of just how much more we know about the game collectively than 10 years ago when betting and DFS weren't as mainstream as they were. You probably would have heard this guy's name. I've seen a couple of shots somewhere, but you're like, don't really know anything about him. Haven't really watched him. Now that more people are betting on the game, playing DFS, have a personal investment on a weekly basis. I'll mention the name Alex Smalley and people go, oh yeah, know all about him. Yup, he's Southeastern guy, should play well on Bermuda Greens. Uh, he's a perfect example of somebody that 10 years ago, you don't know that much about. These days, you probably know a whole lot more about because you're putting your money on him. I like putting my money on him for a top five at plus 800 this week. Yeah, not bad. All right, I'll jump straight into a top five play for my fifth then as well. And you might know this guy from the Pantsy War last year a few times. And that is Sam Ryder. He's 10 to 1. <laughs> Uh, he liked to have the flood pants and whatnot show off his ankles, et cetera, a few times. Uh, he was T14 a couple of weeks ago in Napa at the Fortinet. But during that tournament, led the field in strokes gained approach, was third in T to green, so he's hitting it well. Uh, look, now, his putter was not good in Napa, wasn't great. But let me let me just throw this at you. Last year when he played uh, at the Sanderson Farms, he was a respectable 18th strokes gained putting for the week there. So I think that he obviously has some sort of rele- uh, some sort of safety and relevance on the greens in Jackson, Mississippi. So yeah, I want to go Sam Ryder at ten to one for a top five. Benny, as we say always on this pod, and we at some point we always get there. We don't talk beforehand. I've got stuff written down on my little index card here. The very next hole, the sixth hole, you led me right into it. Sam Ryder with the top ten, but I'm disappointed, Ben, in that you said you might recognize him from. And you went with his pants from last year. I would say you might recognize him for the Ryder Cup. We saw more of Sam Ryder on TV than the 24 <laughs> guys who were playing golf. I, I mean, I, I just, by osmosis, I'm taking Sam Ryder this week just because uh, he was on my TV for half the weekend because there were so many commercials. Mm-hmm. So uh, top 10, Sam Ryder, all the things you mentioned. Uh, look, really good combination of iron play, 25th on the PGA Tour, and putting, 12th on the PGA Tour. That's a nice combo plus 500 for the top 10 this week. 
I, at one point, I thought I saw Annika Sorenstam putting for the win in the Ryder Cup. Uh, <laughs> with, what was it? Tony Finau got a got a quite a few runs as well. It was uh, that was an interesting scenario. Now, look, you and I talked a little bit. We texted a little bit during it and whatnot. We saw there was a lot of outrage online about this, um, yeah. but it also showed that people don't watch a lot of big golf or, or don't remember that. That's, I mean, they have to front load these ads, don't they? I mean, they have to pay for it somehow. Um, that's what the big money does. But at the same time, I, I, I wondered if, and you, and you were against me on this, I wondered if there wasn't a way to have effectively like a red zone scenario where you could pay your $99 and, and, and be able to watch it without any commercials right through. Yeah, I, look, TV coverage has to improve. It just has to. I know that's one of the things PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan has talked about um, over the next few years, improving the commercial load on those uh, network and cable broadcasts. That said, I I don't know because you have to have another crew. I mean, this is look for the yeah. for the layman to just be like, "Hey, man, I'll pay ninety nine bucks and I can watch all the Ryder Cup. But I don't get the commercials. Yeah, I'm in." But for the actual TV production side of it, you're like, "Well, we got to have more cameras. We got to have more announcers. We got to have more, more, more of everything else." Is it worth it for them? I just don't know that monetarily financially it would be worth it but the experience for the viewer was not a good one this weekend <laughs> yes it's an interesting one anyway all right so let's get back on track here i'm gonna go with my top 10 play then after you've gone in with the top 10 this is a guy that you commonly throw out on the podcast so i'm taking Ooh. one of your stable men here uh it's a plus about 550 i think for a top 10 again someone who played well at the fortnet championship uh, this guy was seventh there, but he was first in strokes gained off the tee that week. I like the momentum. I like the fact that he might be very happy that Europe just won the Ryder Cup, and that is Callum Tarrin. I think oh. Callum Tarrin will be a good player this week for a top 10. I could have sworn you were going with Keith Mitchell when you said a guy that I like. who <laughs> I, I like again this week, but I, I, I don't have him on my list here, but only because his Sanderson Farms record is terrible. He's actually never made the cut, so. All right, uh, getting to the eighth hole, I do like the Cal- Callum Tarrant play. I uh, don't have him listed, but he wasn't too far off for me. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy for the eighth hole, Benny. Uh, don't look now, but a guy who won a major championship 10 years ago and disappeared from all sight, yeah. but is starting to play some really good golf. Jason Duffner has four, <laughs> I think it's top 31 finishes in his last five starts. I'm telling you, he's going to sneak up on us. People are going to say, man, I never saw that coming. Watch right now. Watch during these fall events where he's playing against some inferior fields. Jason Duffner is playing some good golf again at plus 650 for a top 20. DFS, by the way, 6,500. I will have a lot of Jason Duffner this week. Never thought I'd say that again, or at least not this soon. But I'm telling you, he's playing some good golf right now, and he's way too cheap in the marketplace. Okay, well, you got to look at who who might be the next Glover, right? So you're throwing out Duffner. There's guys like yeah. Luke Simpson who might make their way back into the the mainstream. Have been struggling a little bit, mate. I've I've, seen, I've heard from multiple Aussie sources that Jeff Ogilvy is back into some serious practice and, and may well reap the benefits of it come early next year as he sets his sights on being a bigger piece of the puzzle in the Presidents Cup scene uh, from time you know in the next three to four years. Uh, I think he could almost be odds-on favourite to be the captain once we hit Chicago uh, in three years' time uh, as the the captain of the President's Cup international team. Uh, And then part of that is getting back over here and playing a lot. Anyway, I digress. Let's go to the ninth hole. You said a top 20. All right, I'm I'm going real conservative on a top 20 play this week. This is my bank builder, if you will. 
Um, okay. I like this guy potentially across the board, um, but I just see him as a, like a what, plus 130, I think it is. It's a safety net bet for the top 20. 21st on tour, Tita Green this season over the strength of the whole season. One of the guys near the top of the board uh, for this week can make birdies in absolute bunches, Stephen Yeager. Uh, I think that is a safety net top 20 play. I will save my Steven Yeager play for later on the podcast when we get to those bigger and better bets. All right. As we make the turn here, one more reminder that the Links and Locks podcast is presented by Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. It believes that every sport should be epic. Every tournament, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today with code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N you'll get $365 in bonus bets when you bet just $1. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 or older only, must be present in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky's back on. New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we make the turn. 10th tee. I am on the tee right now, and I will give you my first round leader play. Benny, first round scoring average on the PGA Tour this season. Number one, guy named Scotty Scheffler. Pretty good, right? Yeah, pretty Number good. Two, Adam Scott. I know you're a big Adam Scott guy. He's good. <laughs> yes. Number three, Xander Shoffley. Wasn't good this weekend, but normally pretty good player. Number four, Victor Hovland, who might be the best player in the world. Number five, John Rahm, who might be better than Hovland. <laughs> Five pretty good players It is my point, is that if you're up there, uh, for whatever that tells us, the best players in the world start pretty well on Thursdays also. Number six on that list is, of course, Andrew Novak. Who? I'm telling you, Andrew Novak puts together some really good Thursday rounds, averaging 68.89 in his opening rounds. He's 70 to one this week. He's shot 64 and 65 in two of his last five opening rounds. I'm going to go with Novak for my first round leader. All right. I mean, I'm, I can't bag you. If you, as I said, if the stats tell you the story, he likes to get off to a fast start. And, and if you're going to get it, odds, great stuff. Well, analytics, uh, ben, first, analytics these days. Analytics. Well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you um, my actual first round leader play, but because my card does not have, can you believe this, any Australians on it, I just want to throw wow. out a little shout out to Lucas Herbert uh, for being the first round leader in Napa and then not being able to hold on, but but being the guy that went out blasting. And yeah, who knows? He's 40 to 1 to do it again. So if you need an Aussie bet, that's the closest thing I've got to an Aussie bet for you this week. And by the way, I, I was remiss in not pointing out last week. It was a big week. We're getting all the Ryder Cup stuff on the pod. But I was reminded by somebody today. Oh, wait, that's right. It was you, Ben. I was reminded that you had the winner, top five, top 10, and top 40 bets. All for the yeah. Fortnite Championship a few weeks ago. Yes, yes, we we collected with quite a few of the bets uh, at Fortnite. Uh, unfortunately, not one of the huge weeks. It wasn't a major. It wasn't the Ryder Cup. It wasn't whatever <laughs> else. But uh, it was good to see that the research actually paid off for once. And hopefully, someone out there got on our bets or got on my bets that week and cleaned up. And if you did, let us know. Absolutely. Uh, but I will give you my actual first round leader play now. It's uh, a guy who was top five here at Sanderson Farms last year. I just think again, he's the type that can put up a low round out of nowhere, regardless of form, but he obviously likes this place. And it's a South African in Garrick Higo, 55 to one. Mm. I think Garrick is the type uh, that could burst out of the blocks 
uh, and put up a score nice and early and potentially contend here. So 55 to 1, I saw Garrick Higo as an option. Yeah, played really well here last year. So he's got some good vibes coming back to this one. 12th all. I'm going to give you a matchup. There aren't too many matchups yet as we record right now on Monday afternoon uh, at Bet365. But one that really stuck out to me was Grayson Sig, who's a guy that thrives in these Southeast events on courses that aren't too long, that maybe become putting contests just a little bit. Finished ninth year last year against Luke List. He's even money. Luke List is a guy who's essentially the exact opposite. You want him on a long golf course where T to green matters more than anything else and putting can be neutralized. That's not this one. He has had some nice results lately. I do think that Luke List's game is starting to come around a little bit. He's a guy I'll have on, on my radar uh, moving into the 2024 season. But for this one this week, I think Grayson Sig is the underdog in this matchup. Makes a whole lot of sense. I like Grayson Sig. Yeah, he's he's a sneaky guy that you could probably have got some bank off if you had been you know, pitching him against certain matchups most of the year. Um, so, yeah, I won't, I won't bag you. I haven't been following... Luke List, to be honest, closely enough of recent times because uh, you're right. I, I usually look to him on the big bomber courses. You know, that's yep. he won it. He won at Tory Pines because he could just absolutely murder the ball out there and happen to keep it somewhat straight that week, etc. So yeah, hasn't been on my radar. So I'll, I'll go with you there. Um, all right, let me get you a top forty play, one that I think that you will agree with, and you may have even from memory taken this same play or a play on this player at the Sanderson, sorry, at the Fortinet Championship a couple of weeks ago. Um, But getting plus money on this person's talent, who, yes, slipped away last season, but of late put up two top 20s on the DP World Tour and was 30th at the Fortinet. So getting back into some form, Eric Van Royen is a top 40 play for me at plus money. I mean, it's, it's just, he's better than this. He's better than that. And the fact that you can get him there now, eventually he's going to start racking up top, you know, 20th, 20th, 18th, 17th, 12th, 9th, and then win something. And everyone's going to go, oh, where's he been? You know, like, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, he's too good to be where he is in the world rankings. I think he's near 200 now, but he's on his way back. And I think he's a nice play at plus money for a top 40 this week. Yeah, Benny, I feel like if we were playing 36 holes and making 18 bets each, that uh, you have a lot of the guys that would, uh, they were next on my list, Callum Tarrin, Gary Kigo, and certainly Eric Van Royen. And I will point out to the folks out there that there, it's not a bad strategy to go after guys who have been world-class players and are competing in some of these inferior fields. Another name that I don't necessarily have on my list this week, I don't have a bet on him, but maybe I will by the time this the first round rolls around, Alex Norin, who's a former European Ryder Cup player, watched his team win this past weekend, no doubt inspired to maybe get back there. Really good ball striker, had some good results. Uh, very much like Eric Van Royen, just a guy who you could see being in the top 30 or 40 in the world ranking at some point next year and could use this as a springboard. So that makes a whole lot of sense. All right, I'm going to get into the player finishing position market on Bet365 right now. I'm going to buy one and then I'm going to sell one. I'm going to buy a player that you mentioned earlier in Eric Cole, like everything about him, uh, like I said earlier, wouldn't be surprised if he has a win under his belt by the time they hand him the rookie of the year trophy, because he is that talented. Perhaps the thing that I like best about Cole is that he was a 35 year old rookie on the PGA tour this year and played like it. He plays like a guy who doesn't have any time to waste. It's like, Hey man, I, I'm not, you know, I don't have 10 more years to like, you know, just build up my career and get better and better. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen right now. 
Let's play every week. Let's play hard. I saw some stats, some analytics on aggressive play. And I believe if he was not the most aggressive player firing at flag sticks throughout the entire season, he was in the top five. And so I love everything about Eric Cole's mindset. And I like him for 28th or better in the player finishing position market this week. Yeah, good one, mate. Absolutely. All right, then you're not going to tell us you're uh, the one that you're fading, I guess, until the next hole, right? So I'm going to throw mine out there. I'm going to throw mine out there, the 15th hole. And who knows? This is my, I'm going with it. So you might be completely opposite. We'll see. But I like a player who was in the top five at Sanderson Farms last year, who's been sat there to be 32nd or better in this same market at Bet365. I'm going to go with a guy who plays well in the fall, has won in the fall before, Emiliano Grio. I think at 32nd or better, uh, that's a nice, safe play as well. Yeah, that is a nice, safe play. I do like that. Uh, There's not a whole lot of guys to fade here. If you're trying to sell in the player finishing position market, good luck. I couldn't really find anyone I liked. And then I looked around, I looked around. And finally, I got to one of your international team guys from the President's Cup. K.H. Lee, what's happening? K.H. Lee has finished outside the top 42 in nine of his last 10 starts. He is on there for 42nd or worse this week at minus 120. KH Lee is my big fade for the week. I don't know where you've been, KH. I hope you come back soon, but I don't think it's going to happen this week. Yeah, he's yeah, he's been struggling. You're right about that. <laughs> um, we'll see how he rolls. Uh, yeah, it is, a, it is a hard one. I was actually looking into the first thing I actually looked before we started anything here. The very first page I opened up before, of any odds for this, I went straight to those marks to see where Aubert uh, was in terms of uh, how high they thought he might finish to see if there was some juice on the other side. But they've been what somewhat conservative, I think, putting him at 19th or 20th or better Correct. or worse. So it's not worth diving in there because even if he's not at his best, I still think he could almost walk his way into a top 20. Um, and we talked about it at the top of the pod. So, all right, come, we've come to the 17th then, right? We've come to my absolute, absolute outright pick. And given... This is interesting because I we got a little bit of a, a heads up where you might be going with your outright pick and you have not mentioned this player. So, And another one who in the past you've been a fan of. Uh, but my number one pick to win this week is a 30-1 to 1 shot. He was a runner-up just a little few weeks ago in Napa. He was second tee to green that week. He was in the top 15 of this tournament last year at Sanderson Farms, and that is S.H. Kim. The Asian, young Asian superstar. Uh, I, I think that we are going to learn a lot about this young guy as the, as the year goes on. Don't be surprised if he's someone that moves all the way into the International President's Cup team a year from now. SH Kim has a huge, huge future ahead of him. Uh, I, I expect big things. Um, so, yeah, like that. I think that he's sort of hidden there, has a, had a little bit of success last year, as I said, at Sanderson and is looking to go a little better after finishing runner-up in Napa just a few weeks ago. All right. I think that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, yeah, I kind of gave up my uh, my 18th hole play, my favorite outright for the week at shorter odds. Steven Yeager is a guy that, Benny, I, I've looked at over the last couple of months in various tournaments, and every time I look at him, his odds are just too short in the marketplace, and I just can't get myself to pull the trigger. Well, riddle me this one. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Fortinet Championship. That had Max Homa as the favorite, Justin Thomas, eventual winner Sahith Thigala. Steven Yeager was 20 to 1 in that event. This week, well, your best is Ludwig Ober. And after that, it's basically Yeager, Cole, Keith Mitchell. I mean, they're, uh, they're, it's missing a couple of stud players at the top. 
Steven Yeager can be found at 22 to one in the markets <laughs> this week. It's it, his numbers gone up in a worse field, at least worse. As far as the top of the list is concerned, I finally found a number that I can get down with Jaeger. He's made the cut in 14 straight starts. The guy's floor is very, very high. We'll see about the ceiling, but I do think that at some point, all of that consistency will lend itself to a title contention. Hoping it happens this week. He grew up, I believe in Tennessee He's from Germany, grew up in Tennessee though, and uh, should have some good vibes coming back to not too far away in Jackson, Mississippi. So at 22 to one, I think Steven Yeager makes a whole lot of sense this week. Yeah, like I said, I had him as a safety player as a top 20. I think he will contend, no doubt. Um, it's just a matter of whether he's close enough uh, on, in the close on Sunday. And um, if he is, well, you talked about aggression with Eric Cole and whatnot. Well, Steven Yeager will not let the moment pass him. If he is there and has a chance, it'll be a shootout. And that might be the, the best possible part of this entire tournament, seeing where everyone um, sits with nine holes to go and the opportunity that may be there for four or five or six guys to grab perhaps a first win, et cetera, that'll be um, worth at least at least firing over between commercials on, on your NFL Sunday. What? They're playing <laughs> NFL games this week too? Up against the Sanderson Farms Championship? Does anyone know about this? <laughs> Something like that. Oh, well. Uh, good, good luck to the NFL, I guess, trying to go up yeah. against the mighty machine that is the PGA Tour and its fall schedule this week. Well, uh, that is all we have. Remember... You can find our podcast, Links and Locks, every single week during the entire PGA Tour season and even during the whatever this is part of the schedule uh, as Ben and I will continue with our picks. Download, rate, subscribe, and listen everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. From Ben Everell, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all your picks for this week's Sanderson Farms Championship. Here's hoping you hit the green. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.